Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 3. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris. I play Iolana Makani, the Air Genasi Mystic, and you can find me at Killer on Twitter. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darwin Grimm, the Human Monk, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Nate on Twitter. Hi, I'm Shannon. I play Aranis Gray, also known as Gray the Great to my fans, and the Bard of the Bard's Rebellion. I am a half-elf bard, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Shannon on Twitter. And you can find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. You take your dirty gold. I do. Dirty, dirty, dirty gold. And you head back to Mersakeen and Holbrock. What do you tell them you want? Uh, the badass, like, leg sword thing. Okay. So, magical blade, then. What sort of magic? What do you recommend? <laughs> Dealer's choice. You've brought enough gold here. You could do anything from as simple as just being magical to fire... Radiant, necrotic, I mean, pretty much any of the damage types. I kind of like necrotic. It just feels apropos. <laughs> hmm. yeah, I mean, we certainly don't mind working in necrotic. It doesn't bother us all that much usually. I can see why. they're constructs. I can <laughs> they see why. They don't have flesh to waste away. <laughs> right. So you don't even have to worry about the moral implications because there are none. They don't worry about moral. I mean, they do worry about moral <laughs> implications, but they already view you as... Like, neutral to positive anyways? Ah. And you're a curiosity. And getting ties with you, the person who just had some sort of bargain with Brumble, (laughs) seems like it may be beneficial. Sure. Step into our tent. We'll get to work on you right away. Hmm. Exciting. Darvin, make a constitution saving throw Uh as they get to work rather brusquely on your limbs. I got a ten. There is a scream of pain that rings throughout the city as they go to work on Darwin's separated limbs. Oops. So while Darwin is getting operated upon, we've got Arnis, who needs to go speak with M, which isn't really going anywhere. I mean, physically, you don't have to go anywhere to speak with M. Right. It can go somewhere, <laughs> of course. Um, and then there's Ilana, who is trying to figure out how to get to the land of the dead. Needs to debrief with dad first. Debrief with dad first. That's right. Oh, they're both so good. Arnis, let's go to you. Okay. Shortly after giving Darvin 300 gold pieces. I already regret it, but it's okay. It's dirty money. Which you would not have if not thanks for Akiri. It's true. It's dirty money anyway, so it's fine. You turn to M because you apparently need to have a conversation. Uh, M? Yes, Aranis. Um, there's a guy who seemed creepily interested in you. I was there. I saw him. And? Do you know him? Not that I recall, but he's a very interesting fellow. Yeah. So you've never, like, encountered him before? My memory goes back a ways, but it does fade after some point. So I don't know if I have. If I did, it would have been so very long ago. Mm. Are we going to play with him again? I don't know. I would like to. He is dangerous. He's wealthy and he's charming. Yeah, but like he's dangerous. (laughs) <laughs> how what has he done well wasn't she with me in the memory yeah yeah she was no well, you've you've seen what he can do 
in the memory, yes, but he didn't do anything there. His wizard did. Yeah, if that's his... He was working with the boy, with Patches, but Patches is no more. Except if that woman is his sidekick. He has protection. Then I shudder to think of what he could do. As I recall, you defeated her in the memory. You, Darvin, Vale, the three of you. True. But that was also construct her, right? We have no idea if memory it was... Memory her. Yeah, memory her. But yeah, we have no idea how, like, true to life those powers were. We can assume fairly, but we don't know. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> we should at least do another show. Why do you want to play for him again? I enjoy his voice and his attention. Em, are you into him? <laughs> so weird. It really kind of is. But I'm interested. I'm not sure, but it's possible. <laughs> I meet so few people. Wait. You're not into me? <laughs> oh. <laughs> This I, don't is like a ridiculous I, don't, I don't think Ernest can even get out the question before he just starts like laughing hysterically. Like, no, you don't, don't answer that. Yeah, and <laughs> like, laughs along with like, you. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Ernest, we both know that's not what you're looking for. No, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm, what, what happens if he wants to take you away from me? Would you want to go? You're the one who plays me. Yeah. But I'm not going with that guy. <laughs> Unless I have to. I want to be with someone who makes me sing. You make me sing. Oh. Thank you. I mean, it's what I do. But. <laughs> okay, okay. But I do like his attention. This is weirding me out just enough that I want to go visit Akiri. <laughs> God. <laughs> God. <laughs> but I think you should do the other thing first. Especially because you need 300 gold for whatever uh, my next limbs falls off. <laughs> I am not spending 300 gold every time you lose a limb. What? I'm not fucking doing it. <laughs> Oh, I Jesus. have immortality. I just need you to shell out 300 gold each time. <laughs> you could take the longer solutions. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Harness is actually considering going to see Akiri now. Yeah, I think I am. I'm like... I'm a little shocked. I'm weirded I'm okay. out. And he scares me. But I... I'm... I'm interested, and I want to actually, like, I want to actually ask him why he seems so fascinated with her. Okay. Quick question. Do you want to yeah. do that before or after the meeting that's going to happen? Oh, I feel like I should do it before, because okay. I feel like after, okay. I'm going to be in jail. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. <laughs> what? Or I'm going to have lied to an entire group of people who are all really good at deception, and I'm going to be in jail. Okay. <laughs> Not the first time you've been in jail. Hmm? Uh. Well, I guess that's true. We were in that dungeon. Oh, it was a nice dungeon. Eh. It was a jail. We broke out of there. Okay. So we leave Aranis and M talking about going to see Akiri again. Can't believe I'm doing that. I can't either. We turn to Ilana, seeking out Huraka, her father. Mm. Where do the two of you meet? In or about the town of Capris? That's a really good question. Um, uh, I think I put I put like a note in my journal that my investigation's complete and I'm ready to meet. And he suggests a like an open clearing not far out of town. So like someplace okay. out in nature where we can kind of more out in the woods or more out on the beach. Uh, oh, I like on the beach. We're island folk, so yeah, on the beach. Cool. Yeah, we can definitely go just like short walk east be on the shoreline have some privacy the yeah. sound of the waves are kind of masking any of your voices so it's you and your father 
so we kind of settle in and I start by just laying it all out for him. I give him everything I've discovered and all of the knowledge I've gained and show him the journal that I've obtained. And after all of it, breaking it all down, I ask very kind of plainly, have I completed my task to your liking? <sighs> no and no. You went through so much effort for something you could have simply stolen from these people. <sighs> but you have the journal now. That's a great first step. You have Vale's words. I would not have the knowledge that I have now if I had not interviewed them. Sure. The second step of your quest is to locate Vale. And if Vale is still alive, that means you need to get them. Jesus. Where exactly are they? Corum's realm? They're in the realm of the dead. They are alive. Well, if there's a way for one living person to get there, there's a way for another. That is what I believe. How did they get there? No one seems to know. Well then, seems like your mission is either to discover that, or to go there as less than alive and send them back. Holy hell. Are you, are you suggesting that I die to get to Vale? People come back? Holy hell. That's some fucked up shit. I saw the monk clearly safe from death. I've heard that the bard was raised. That, okay, you're right, that would be a potential path. I, if that's the path you intend me to take, I need more information. I'm not telling you which path to take. I'm simply saying you need to get there. I'm just thinking of my response. Obviously, it would be easier for you to come back if you went alive. That would be, that would be the, the path I would choose, considering that it's, aside from Darwin, who I've learned has a unique relationship with Coram at best, I don't know of anyone who's been doing a lot of coming back from the dead lately. Okay. Do you... I'm trying to figure out how, how I'm going to word this. What is the significance of this changeling that you're essentially telling me I need to go as far as dying to get this information? Hmm. Roll persuasion against your father. Which I didn't prepare for, so I have no bonus... But I rolled a 17. Ooh, very nice. Up until the events of Capris, I don't know if I would have said that death wasn't too far. Overthrowing a city government, it's one thing. Whatever happened in Earl, whatever happened here in Capris, Bristol Shores, the Grung, is one thing. But if Brumble's to be believed, if the tales of Pathox, what's happened with him, what's happened with the withering here. If those are all to be believed, if this intel that you've gathered is accurate, then they were present for... They were present for an event that is likely to shape the world for the foreseeable future. And to put it simply, the guild trusts them more than any outsider. Whatever the monk or the bard has to say, we would always have to take it with a grain of salt. Always a flicker of doubt. But Vale could be trusted. Okay. Is it the will of the guild that you continue to assist me on this? I will be here in town until such time as you need to leave. If you need assistance in the meantime, you can always turn to me. I had hoped that you were sealed enough to not need my assistance, but I am here. I've, I'm finding these... Finding these two companions avails to be very challenging to work with. Well, if they need to be... Hmm. If they need to be more aggressively interrogated, I, do. I certainly have means. As do I. Oddly enough, I've found with these two that blatant honesty, since we can trust them enough, has been the most successful form of conversation. Hmm. 
I never trust the honest folk. <sighs> but if you think it's working, by all means, continue. Um, just trying to figure out what if there's anything else or what other things I need to get before we end this conversation. Oh, does the guild have any business at the meeting this evening or am I free to continue my studies and investigation? Hmm. Good question. Does the Assassin's Guild have any business here? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, between... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh, God. I just remembered something. Oh, roll persuasion. Please, please roll persuasion. Oh, I'd forgotten about something that was like... That's mm. a nine. Mm. The guild does have some long outstanding business. Some people who may be present at this meeting... But I would hate to stretch you too thin on your duties. You seem to be having a difficult enough time uh, with the one. Focus on that. I'll look into the other. If you find some success, maybe you can assist me. Okay. I'm sorry that my investigation has not met the level of success you had wished. And I will return to my work. Okay. Does Ilana actually return to her work, or is she intending to sneak into this meeting? Um, Ilana needs Ilana needs some comfort right now, because her dad was just a huge dick to her. Yep. Um, I mean, he's been rough recently, given recent events, but like, she was not expecting like full on like job man, no comfort man. So that was not fun for Ilana. Uh, is there any sort of place where there'd be a collection of books in town oh even if it's just like the duke and duchess have a private room full of books that i could break into like well it's funny you should mention that well first of all count and countess i'm sorry yeah of course you can assume that the driftwood house has a study of some sort nearly every single elven nobility home does the hotel has a pitiable library. It is all very well-worn stuff. Dime store romance and adventure novels. Got it. This is meant for people traveling through town. They just want to disappear into a fictional piece of work. But if you're looking for anything historical, nonfiction. It might be even slightly useful, yeah. That would be more in the Driftwood House. And Yolanda's uh, next task is going to be to, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, um, break into the Driftwood House study. Jesus. <laughs> During the party where I figure less people will be in the study. Cool. Cool. Let's roll stealth for that now. Because the doors are going to be getting unlocked and opened while people are going in for this meeting. So lockpicking, breaking and entering is not really going to be an issue. It's more just traversing unseen. Then yeah. after that, we will return to Arnis and Darwin going to the meeting. Mm, how does that work? Is that a bonus or is it advantage? Advantage. Before. So as Ilana approaches and attempts to sneak in, she focuses her mind on her chameleon discipline to give her some bonuses. And we'll have advantage on this roll. Ooh. Is this just on stealth or advantage yeah, on... It's just on stealth. Oh, wait. It's on... While focused on the discipline, you have advantage on dexterity stealth checks. Okay. Oh, which was very helpful because I only have a bonus of three, so that's a 19. Yes. In which case, as the various guests are entering the Driftwood House, you manage to sneak in without anyone taking any note of you. You quickly peel off of the main hallway into the banquet hall where the meeting is being held and head towards the study. You don't know exactly where it is, but I'm fairly certain that, if not Ilana herself, a number of guild members would certainly have documented typical layouts of royal houses. Mm -hmm. So it might be a couple closets that you look into first before you find the study, which you eventually do. And you're in a small room, two very comfortable-looking wingback chairs, nice oil lantern in between the two, and shelves and shelves of books. This is Count Vera and Countess Irina's private library, awesome. where you will be free to study for the duration of the meeting. So, Arnis and Darvin. Oh, wait. 
Arnis wanted to go see Akiri. <laughs> God damn it. Yes, it did. All right. Darvin, let's let's go to you first. All right. Fine. As Mercy Keen and Holbrock work on you, the first thing they wanted to reattach was your head. A nice, sturdy collar. It won't really provide you any extra armor, but you do still have full mobility. Nice. It's a tall iron collar, but the metal is relatively thin. And as you turn your head left and right, you can still feel a looseness on the inside, but you shake your head. It's on there pretty firm. Nice. Whatever they're using to hold your head down seems to be working all right. It would take it would take a lot of effort for somebody to remove your head again. All right. Then they go to work on your leg. First thing they need to do is put the metal pieces on the end of the top of your leg and the end of the bottom of your leg, like the two ends of the stump. You need to get those two things fixed. And I think while Mercikeen is doing that, Holbrock is working on the blade. And then they go to physically attach the two so you can walk around again. Make another constitution saving throw. Yeah. DC is going to be a little higher on this one. Oh, dear. That does not bode well. They're adding in extra bits here. He's totally going to pass out. 17. Ooh, very nice. Question for Darvin. I was waiting for him to say, very nice. Not enough. (laughs) No, 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 this is enough. Question for Darvin. On which body part is the blade attached? When you remove your leg, is it attached to the end of your severed leg, or is it attached to the stump? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Man, it should be more useful. It's attached to the end of the leg so that... So that it's a projectile? Well, well it... so that it doesn't... Wait. Oh, you mean, like, is it attached to his, like, physical body, or is it attached to the leg itself? Yes. Darwin, I mean, when you reach down to your leg and pull it off in the future... And you're holding your leg above your shoulder. Is there an extra sword attached to that? Or is there an extra sword attached to your stump? Right. Uh, where you kicking might be able to lean things. on, but then also still use it up close. Yeah, I think that might be more useful. Attached to the stump itself, Spinning right? Any backflips. <gasps> okay. Ooh, this sounds interesting as I'll get out. <laughs> so you're just giving up on having a normal leg now? <laughs> yeah. Darwin's going to have the ability to throw his leg and then still, like, walk around on a very sharp point <laughs> and then stab people with it. I think we're giving up on normal here. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. My life is totally normal. Totally. Says the guy with the flower growing out of him. It's fine. <laughs> Everything is fine. This is all normal. Okay. As the flower, like, looks up at me. Stop it. <laughs> In which case, I think we should f- water the flower and see what happens. Nope. Not doing that. <laughs> In which case, Darwin... The first thing they do is attach the collar to the part of your leg that comes off. And this is a very simple attachment thing. And there's a nice little sheath there for a sword. And as you see Holbrock working on the sword, you notice it is a very flexible blade, which would allow you to not just lean on it as it is extended out from your stump, but also like put some pressure on it and run on it. Nice. So that way your movement is not affected while your leg is removed. Nice. It'll definitely act a lot like when you see those uh, those runners with like the curved yeah. leg type Prosthetics. thing. Prosthetics. Yeah. It looks mostly straight when it's bef- – it looks mostly straight before it's attached to you. But any weight you put on it, like it starts to bend that way. Totally I see. Picturing that girl from uh, Kingsman. Hmm. I hadn't thought about her yet. I am not acquainted. Sorry. Uh, that's fine. So I think the constitution saving throw comes when they attach that part to your leg, since the blade is going to be physically attached to the stump. And as Holbrock and Mercikeen shove that up onto the bone and muscle and twist it into place, there's a sharp pain that just travels all up your spine. You manage to grit your teeth and bear it without passing out, without crying out in pain, although your forehead is just drenched in sweat. And then they line up the sheath part on your lower leg with the blade that's sticking out from your stump. Slide it up. There's a slight twist. And then a few little tabs to prevent it from twisting while it's just walking about. And the leg is reattached. Nice. It's sore. And as you get up and move around, it feels different. And there's a small twinge of pain. 
But after a few minutes, you get used to it. Marcia Keenan Holbrock will show you how to remove the leg. You definitely notice that when you take it off, you still retain control. <laughs> nice. Hmm. This is a very interesting point that they're going to make. Because I think between the two of them, although they don't generally work on fleshy people, they tend to work more on other constructs like themselves. Right. It takes them a while to notice, but I think during this whole procedure, they realize that your limbs will slowly start to reattach. And they will warn you that, yeah, Merskin will warn you, Darwin, this is solid work. It'll last as long as you don't break it or get it ripped off. But if you don't remove the limbs every once in a while, they might just get stuck back on. Ah, fair. So if you wait a month for taking your leg off, try to pull it off again, could just end up really hurting yourself. <laughs> so pull my limbs off like every night. If you still want to be able to. Okay. Good I understand if you don't want to be able to take your head off. Some people see an advantage in that. Hmm. Some don't. I mean, to be honest, I think I could always, you know. I could always have it removed again if I wanted. <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> I, I would recommend doing it before it all heals back together. At least once a week. Okay, fair. Okay. Don't want to be able to remove my head or would I rather have that heal? I'll have to think about that. Yeah. Give me that option. Just something to think about. The leg. The leg is cool as party it is. looking like a freak. <laughs> It's style. I'm wearing yeah. a fancy metal collar. It's mm-hmm. going to become a thing now. Is it going to become the newest trend in the capital? Yep. I don't know about the capital. They hate you us being, there. <laughs> well, with you being a rebel and all. But if you go back to Karami. Yeah, Karami mm-hmm. that love this look. They might. They will. Okay. Yeah, we can certainly get something written up for how your leg works and the damage <laughs> that it deals. <laughs> With necro leg. <laughs> necro leg. Necro leg blade. Necro leg. Don't. I'm going to make a whole song now. Okay. Arnis is going to create a necro leg song <laughs> to the tune of the Spider Man theme. <laughs> well, before you can learn about Darwin's fanciful, amazing necro leg, yay! You decided you wanted to go see Akiri. Yeah, I already regret the decision, but I'm going to do it anyway. All right, let's go do some regretful decisions. Woo! Let's make poor choices. <laughs> Isn't that the subtitle of this game? Seasons of Skyrim, also known as Let's Go Make Some Regretful Decisions. No, I think Arnis's tagline is, all right, I'm going to do something stupid. <laughs> okay. I thought the second title was a series of unfortunate die rolls. <laughs> These all work. No, it's, it's no matter what I roll, it's a one. Yeah, that. <laughs> mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> that also. That also works. <laughs> All right, let's cut to the chase. Oh, okay. Arnis, you and M going to see Akiri. Yep. He is staying in the best room here in the hotel. The wood of the door itself is made out of something else. Highly polished driftwood with gold accents. You knock on the door. Mister Sangal opens it. And seeing you... I actively try not to flinch. <laughs> her eyes narrow, just instantly judging you. Yes? I'm here to see Akiri. <sighs> he said you might be coming. All right. She lets you in. Okay. I walk in without saying anything else. <laughs> there is... Oh, no. I say thank you. Oh. For letting me in. Because I'm not super rude. She just shuts the door behind you. I say thank you. She's a little bit more curt in response. She doesn't say you're welcome, but she also doesn't, like, roll her eyes or anything. As you enter into the room, there are plush furnishings. Ikiria is in the middle of this room that is easily three times the size of yours. And he is lounging on this chaise chair. Just shirt semi-open. Oh, my God. Glass of wine in a hand. Oh, my God. He was reading something, and he puts it down. He sits up a little bit. (sighs) Arnis. So glad you decided to come. Okay. Cheer up. I, it's just, it's it's very awkward for me. I play for crowds. Am I not a crowd? I d- Are we not a crowd? He motions over to Mr. Sangal, who just I like really, very begrudgingly nods. No, I really, like, I'm talking about like bars full of people, like 
so it's just it's very awkward for me to I'm like, drinking to play first. Do you need a drink? <laughs> people, uh, yes, I do need a drink. Let's start with that. Actually, no. You know what? I'm I'm good. <laughs> Mr. Singal goes to grab the wine, then she stops so, and turns I, around. I apologize. I'm I'm sorry. No, I'm I'm fine. I want all my wits about me in this situation. I don't want to be drinking. Uh-huh. Oh. I'm so glad you're here. If are you here to perform? I am. Um, Wonderful. Do you mind if I ask you a question first? I suppose you've earned that. You seem very interested in my in my loot, and I'm just trying. Uh, I'm wondering why. I love her voice. There's no other reason than that. Roll insight. I was going to say. I was going to ask to roll insight if you didn't (laughs) tell me to. 21. Hmm. He's definitely withholding information from you. You can see the look in your eye. Well, truth be told, I would like to hire you. Yes. Ideally, to be my private bard. But mostly... Just so I can hear your lute sing. I've been a lot of places, RNS. Seen a lot of performers. Met a lot of beautiful souls. And your lute intrigues me. <laughs> Whoever's in there. Okay. <laughs> I carry in your lute are totally going to have a fling. kind of feel like they are, but I don't know how that works. Question for you, then. Sure. Is the voice in your lute, is that a separate person? Or is that you? That's... It's not me. Hmm. Hmm. Meaning, like, I don't know about the person part. I'm just saying, like, I know it's not me. Because I really, I don't know much about him. Well, if it's not you, then I assume it's a person. I don't honestly know. I would like to get to know them. If you would, please play. You'll be paid very well. Sure. I start to play. Okay. Roll performance. God. Oh, my lord. I play very well. I got a 30. What? <laughs> I'm break off some other limbs. <laughs> so it's a 17 on the die, but I have a plus 13. So <sighs> I got a 30. It's so beautiful that everyone's just weeping <laughs> uncontrollably. Did, did Ikiri just start to cry? I think what happens is as you're playing and Ikiri is just staring through you and through the loot. You can hear Em really get into this. And she is, this is loving so... every second <laughs> of it. so awkward for me. There's a warmth to her voice you haven't heard before. Arnis, the one bard in the whole universe that's like uncomfortable with anything sexual. Just like, I can't, I gotta go. <laughs> and as you reach the... Um, as you reach the high point of the song, you see Akiri visibly say glush. Climax. Say climax. <laughs> <laughs> say it, Scott Blake. No. no, 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 because I don't want to insinuate that that's happening. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, as you play through the song, you see Akiri visibly blush like a smitten schoolboy. <laughs> What do you do? Uh, I guess, is the, like, song over? <laughs> it's over when you say it's over. I just, okay, so, I like, I've, I've finished at a logical point. Yeah. And then I just kind of, then I don't know what to do. I don't know if he, like, wants me to keep playing or if I go now or, like, what I should do. I'm very, very uncomfortable. <laughs> Good. Like, visibly okay. uncomfortable. <laughs> Then I apologize if I make you uncomfortable still. Oh, no. I'm sure it's going to get worse. It's fine. As you finish up the song, uh-huh. Akira gets up and just hugs you. Oh, my God. And Not holds that I have you a close. problem with anybody hugging me, but it's just awkward. <laughs> it's not a romantic. He's not like trying to feel you up. Right. Yeah, I figured. He's not interested in me, really. But there's an appreciation in the hug. There's that emotion of gratitude. <laughs> like still holding on to the loot. So I'm kind of like. Uh, I I don't know whether to hug him back, so I kind of just give him like a little like pat, pat, just like on mm-hmm. the sides of his butt, and then I'm like, I don't. He he pulls back <laughs> and takes a step away. Arnis, that was beautiful. Thank you. 
I can't pay you enough. I will try, but I can't. What would it take for another show? Like a like a like a big one, like a like a public show? No, not public. Other people don't need to be involved. <laughs> um I I don't know. I mean, I have to like I have to go to the to the meeting tonight at the Driftwood house. So I need and I need some time to prepare. Okay. A friend of mine is visiting that meeting as well. I won't be present. But afterwards, if you are up for another show, if you're up for a, a grander show, we don't have to do it here in this tiny hotel. And there are meager provisions. I've got a place just offshore we could visit. And then we could see a little bit more about who's in your loot as well. You mean you've got like like a boat? <laughs> yeah, yes, I have a boat. I have a boat. I have another boat. How I have firmer ground that we can land on as well. I don't understand how it can be just offshore and firmer ground. And Ar- Arnis is like hugging himself like I'm what? A private <laughs> island, Arnis. There's an island off the shore of Capris? Okay, never go on a private island. It's going to end up being like... The- no, you never go to a second location. <laughs> I'm already in a second location. No, and I'm, I'm just like, it's going to be exactly. like... What's it, the, the, it's never go to a second location. The, the, escape, third is fine. No. the one where, they, where the guy hunts the other guy. What's the short story? Uh, most Dangerous Game. Most Dangerous oh, Game, yeah. Fucking love Most Dangerous Game. So good. Wonderful. Oh, fun. Anyway. Yes. A private show on a private island. You can discover just who's in your loot. I've re- See if there's a way of drawing her out. I, um, I really don't think it's a good idea for me to leave Capris right now. After the meeting, of course. No, I mean, like, probably after the meeting as well. But I don't, I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen at this meeting. So I can pay you in whatever you need. I know that's not gold. Uh, ships gear no i that's not mounts people people servants people retainers what we could use some servants can you imagine like caddies to carry our gear around those are called squires (laughs) yeah squires he's not talking about slaves okay he (laughs) they would be compensated yeah he hires people i i just i don't we could use sword caddies it's you are your you're literally your own sword caddy yeah but it's only one of them <laughs> you just have to carry the other sword oh man you got your Poor nine iron baby. what do you need heavy sword <laughs> heavy sword <laughs> anyway um i it's difficult for me to make plans at this point why uh cuz this meeting could make my life go one of several directions i could be there to make it easier i know it's okay it's is it it is what it is it It, it really is i'll be waiting arnis he motions to mr sangal something for your time and your troubles she hands you a small pouch thank you I take it, of course. I don't. I, I, I assume just as leave much. her like. <laughs> this is but a small amount that I can give you. I hope to see you again. I hope to hear your music again. I, uh, I don't even know how to respond to that. Um, I, I, I guess like, like thank, thank you for your interest. Not everybody really appreciates what I can do. Those people are fools, Arnis. <laughs> Well, He's content to let you leave. Thank you. Since and you need time, apparently. And I just, I leave. Yeah, it's not really a lie. I'm sort of, I want some time to kind of get my thoughts together. Okay. As you exit Akiri's room, do you want to look in that pouch? Of course I do. There's no gold in this pouch. There are jewels in this pouch. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is in this pouch? Did I just get bought? I, I think know. I just got bought. <laughs> Paid you for a performance. Yeah. You open up this pouch. It is filled with a number of diamonds valuing 5,000 gold. Holy shit. Who the fuck is this guy? You rolled a 30 on performance. (laughs) He just got like, here, have this pouch of diamonds. (laughs) 
Oh. He probably doesn't even know the exact value of what he handed you. He's that rich. He may not. I hope you like that leg. Arnis is so dirty right now. Anyway. Should I, do I need to put that I've got diamonds equaling that? Or sure, why not? We, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I hope you like that leg, Darwin. I like it very much, and... Arnis feels, feels so dirty. Imagine all the limbs you could buy me now. <laughs> you could be an octopus. Right? And have your own mm. garden. I could. You can't get more limbs than you currently have. I think I could only control one octopus tentacle. But if you wanted to remove both of your arms and both of your legs, you could have four octopus tentacles. Nice. That'd be close. <laughs> I'd be a quadrupus. <laughs> oh, God, that word is horrible. What? It sounds, oh, right. sounds so dirty. It sounds so terrible. Dirty. Just listen to the word quadrupus. We could pretend I didn't say it. So do I need to, like, trade the diamonds in for money? About, you could or... either use them as money or you could trade them in for money. Let's see what I say. 5,000 gold. Yeah. They are each worth 100 gold. Okay. So you're not getting change back <laughs> from some places. Like richer places, yeah, you'll get change back. Uh, here in Capris, if you were to go to like the armory and just get some arrows, they don't have change for 100 yeah. gold worth of diamonds. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, each of those diamonds are worth 100. You've got 50 of them. Oh, my God. Arnis, feeling very dirty. Oh, he goes to take a shower. Like a shower. <laughs> Go to your room. Get cleaned up before the meeting. Yep. And then I think it's time for this meeting. We need to head into the Driftwood house. Darvin, I think you're... I think by the time that you finish up with Mercikeen and Holbrock, it's about time for this meeting. They will escort you to the Driftwood house because that's where they're going as well. Felicity was waiting for you outside. She's happy to see you walking about. She's very curious about these attachments that you have. <laughs> But there are bigger matters at the moment. You're up and you're walking. That's great. Arnis, as soon as you finish washing up, get dressed again. As soon as you pull your shirt on, that flower blooms through your shirt. Yeah, I figured. You could attempt to cover it up with a shirt or a coat or a scarf and it'll just push right through. Yep. Uh, and you head over to the Driftwood house. You both see a number of other people heading in that direction, including a rather beefy-looking Goliath and half-silver-dragon-looking woman. The dwarves, the constructs. Pavia and Izun are heading in as well. Their business was immediately with the two of you, but they are still here to learn about the withering as well. As you may have gathered from Brumble, they are very interested in how this situation can be turned positive. And you head into the Driftwood house. Iolana, from the study, mm -hmm. please make a perception check. There are a number of guests who are staying in the Driftwood house itself because they're a little bit of higher status. 23. Ooh. Dang. Let's see here. From within the study, without revealing yourself, of course, you take note of a pair of dwarves heading towards this meeting, a pair of celestials, who we know to be Gosia and Ovid, Ezebeth and her orcish companion, she is as non-dragon as she can be at this moment. The draconic features are minimal, but still present. Definitely a lot of bone plating. You can hear them scraping along one another. You hear the wet-sounding footsteps of a pair of grung, and accompanying them, an elf. Son of a bitch. Somebody's got some family in the room. Son of a bitch. It's fine. It's fine. As the... Ilana's not going to the meeting, right? You're staying in the study? Yep. Okay. I'm kind of you're like eavesdrop or keeping not. half an ear open to see if like commotion happens, but I'm not really interested in what's going on in there. Okay. In which case, Darwin and Arnis, uh, you probably meet up in the hallway just outside of the banquet room where you had previously attended the party. Mm. Arnis, Darwin has a couple of fancy new attachments. <laughs> metal collar and some sort of metal joint there in the middle of his leg. But he seems to be mobile again, moving his head around like it's not going to fall off. You look strangely spry. Thanks. I feel good. I'll show you later. <laughs> okay. Arnus kind of gives him like a, like some side eye, like, all right. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know if I want to know. It's fine. Of course you want to know. And you enter into this banquet hall. When you were last here, it was for a party. A feast. 
but today the mood is very different. The tables in the center are crowded with those looking for a solution, and nerves are taut, as if they weren't already before Brumble showed up this morning. That was just an extra bit of stress on everybody's shoulders, along with the rumors of what you may or may not have done. And as you take a seat at the table, I think Baron Misha escorts you to a seat next to them. You notice everybody else either already sat or coming in to take a seat. Um, familiar faces here. Let's see. Elizabeth and Charlotte. Elizabeth, who is still giving you a very dirty look. Gosia and Ovid, who are avoiding eye contact with you. <laughs> the both of you. Felicity is here. Pavia and Izun have walked up to their chairs, and rather than just sitting in them normally, it's kind of like they overgrow the two chairs, as if it, they were a place to plant themselves. Mercikeen and Holbrock, the two constructs who have helped Darwin now, have sat around the table. A pair of dwarves, male and female, who both seem to have golden flower blooms woven into their hair and beard. Dressed for warm weather, though they seem well protected despite the ease of their clothing. As you look around, you notice that nobody has brought visible weapons. Just in case you were curious. Okay. Darwin, obviously nobody can see what's in your leg. <laughs> Merzikeen and Holbrock know, but also they don't care. And as you're sitting there, and everybody is slowly taking their seats around this table, you see a familiar face enter in through a side door. Young Sorrow, the Grung. <laughs> accompanied by the much elder Court, who you may remember as the first Grung to be healed. Yeah. They are now fully healed, still older, but they seem to be much healthier. Their skin seems to be clear of whatever foggy, viscous material was on it before. Though they are still taking care not to just randomly touch people, as Grung are still just naturally poisonous. As they are entering, Court moves ahead to take a seat. Sorrow turns back to catch the door to allow someone else to enter. And you both recognize the familiar face of Adriana Baufall. Holy fucking crap. I thought it was going to be sis, no. not mom. No? Okay. Okay. It's going to be fun. As she enters in, she thanks Sorrow for holding the door. She excuses him and continues to hold the door open as Count Vera and Countess Irina enter in. I think between the three of them, Vera, Irina, and Adriana, you can see definite signs of the withering. Your mother definitely has a little bit of bone creeping up her neck from the front. Vera and Irina are not as well off. They're moving slower now. And they call to attention this meeting as everybody takes their seat. No, no, first. First, 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 first. Darvin and Aranis, you hear Adriana apologize to Count Vera and Countess Serena. I'm sorry that Vice Count Alicia can't be here personally. She's in her room. She needs to rest. But I've been told to act in her stead. And then she moves to take a seat at the table. Count Vera, Countess Serena take their seats at the far end. In the center of this table set up, there's that same small green torchlight flame, which the two of you should definitely recognize now as a very small bulb. And Countess Serena will address the group. We want to thank everybody for coming here today. We honestly don't know what's going on. We only know that it is dangerous, it is deadly, and it is spreading. Everyone here represents their people from across the lands, across religions, at least that we could get here on such short notice. And we have with us... Two unexpected guests. Darwin Grimm, Arnis Gray. We're not sure exactly what you may or may not know, but we all know that Brumble was here, and they seem to be particularly interested in the two of you and what may have happened recently. So, whatever is happening, whatever is afflicting our people, whatever is the source of this withering, we need to find a solution. We need to stop this before more die, before more is lost. And at this point, we're open to any ideas. No cost is too small to save those who are in pain. And with that, 
will bring this chapter to a close, but the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 City Council level, thank you, Tucker Tuttle and Shannon DeMello. At the $10 Mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello and Sierra Jones. At the $15 Governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrenpodcast.com. As always, we want to thank Vanessa Blockland for our podcast art. You can find more of her work on Twitter at Art by Vanessa B. And thanks to Daryl Dibber Reckonos for creating our theme music. You can find more of his music at dibbermusic.com and on Twitter at dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend. This week's chapter is made possible thanks to our wonderful cast and crew, all of you amazing listeners, our generous Patreon patrons, and our special friends who would like to say hello. Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are all merely role players. Join members of Blackshaw Theatre Company as they try on all the many roles there are to play. You are Blackshaw Theatre. Nobody else knows. You're also investigators of inexplicable happenings. <laughs> Deputies of federal law enforcement. Master thieves and con artists. Hooray! <laughs> Merely role players, where theatrical people play role-playing games. New episodes every week, new stories and new genres every season. Just search for Merely Role Players wherever you find podcasts.